the like the first time I played a yeah, video game. Yeah, what was that? Uh, I don't know. I think it was like. Well, okay. When I was like five or six, I got my first Game Boy. Mm, same. And I'm, yeah. And I'm assuming my first game was probably like one of the Super Marios. But mm, um, it's, it's vague. I also played. Yeah, I also played some N64 at like my cousin's house, and I played like I remember playing like Banjo Kazooie and like, um, Super Smash Brothers on there. Nice. Have a year. I think mine was probably Fire Red. I have like an older brother who's like six or seven years older, so I think he introduced me to like games really early on. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I had an N64 and stuff. So I feel like we're all just at the. It's because I, I host this podcast with this older gentleman, Steve, who will probably listen to this after the fact. Uh, and and so his touch point is like PS1 on earlier like Sega Dreamcast and stuff, but. I got a Game Boy. I had a, a cousin or an aunt with an N64. So it's nice to talk to people who are like, you know, <laughs> I have the common yeah, touch the same point. Generation. Exactly. Uh, I'm Angelo. I'm the gameplay programmer. Uh, I also do the particle effects, lighting, and I'm one of the four main designers at Soul Studios. I'm Ryan. I'm really the main level designer, especially for this game. Uh, and I do the management and production side of, you know, the whole company stuff. Now that I hear your voice again, I know exactly who you are. Because <laughs> it was just a, a picture on Discord, but I can now put the face to the name. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, been a while. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the CanadianGameDevs.com podcast. Today, we have an interview with Soul Studios, who just released their debut project earlier this year, Wormhole. Uh, full disclosure, I know the development team at Soul Studios through our shared... Is it an alma mater? You guys graduated, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, it is an alma mater, then. We can use that fancy Latin word now to say place <laughs> we uh, all went to school together. Um, but... Also have been following, of course, along on social media and then, of course, with this game. So we wanted to have you on and talk about how that was and uh, catch up. And I just like talking to people. Sound good? Yeah. Thanks so, for having us. Oh, yeah. anytime. So where did the name Soul Studios come from? We were just trying to look for, you know, a fun name, an interesting, unique name that was not notable, notable and um you know, easy to remember. Mm, I guess uh, I should say for, for listeners, S O L, if you didn't read the yeah, title of this yeah. podcast. And, 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 uh, Angela and I are really the vocal people in, in the company. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of like butting heads a lot on like what the name should be. Awesome. What, what sounds good. And, uh, one of the quiet members on our group, uh, Lucas actually came up with soul mm -hmm. and we all immediately liked the name and liked the idea and actually liked, nordic culture in general okay uh so much so that we want to make a game like that's our next game is probably going to be a nordic style game so yeah um scoop yeah so so just worked out yeah it inside like scoop. A good name. um why so so what norse word is soul well i don't i don't know it's, the uh touch point uh it refers to like the sun and there's also like uh ah, like that, the studio office. logo makes sense because it's the sun mm -hmm. i like it yeah we went yeah. like very minimal with, with this logo. I think it turned out nice. Uh, I would be remiss before we talk about Wormhole uh, not to ask, uh, how did Soul come about? Because I know you guys were in Laurier's program. 
I think you were two mm-hmm. years behind me. Uh, yeah. I graduated and that's where I lose the picture. So how did you end up? How did the rest? I would, I guess if you want to put briefly, how is the rest of your time at Laurier and, and how did you end up making uh, this game and forming the studio? So like, obviously, you know, like, you know, we met first year and we became friends, but mm. um, we ended up rooming together, you know, after we moved out of residence at, at university. So mm-hmm. from there, you know, we became very close friends and then, for a capstone project, right, we had to do, um, like, we had to develop a game. Mm-hmm. So we all decided, like, okay, we want to form a studio together once we graduate. And, um, you know, for the game project, it was at pairs, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we each developed a game. And then at the end of the school year, we decided, okay, you know, wormholes are best concept. So let's, you know, form our studio and make that our debut game. So the you use the capstone to from your, like, apartment group develop a couple prototypes that then your apartment yeah i love it it's perfect it's perfect (laughs) um so right out of graduating how did you like get set up was it kind of like everyone's working other jobs working on the side did you get funding through launchpad which i know a couple other graduates did uh yeah so we all had part-time jobs Mm -hmm. um and we all worked on it throughout the year so we had like a good you know head start Mm -hmm. and um just yeah worked it worked on it on the side and you know got through it that way but yeah we we definitely uh need to look into funding for sure because if we want to continue doing it it's it definitely starts to be more and more expensive you know yeah yeah yeah. and in hindsight funding and marketing would have been like two things we could have improved on for this game it's definitely in the future (laughs) Like what is it? Ten thousand games a year release on Steam. So uh, yeah, something yeah. crazy like that. It's it's tough to get noticed and and definitely not viable full time for so many people. Obviously, more people than mm-hmm. it is viable for full time for. So I absolutely respect the part time job, part time game dev uh, uh, lifestyle. Yeah. All right, I launched the game and then realized I needed to make a sandwich, so I left that demo music running, but. <laughs> I realized this this soundtrack, I was also listening to an episode of Chapo Trap House at the time, perfect, synthy, gorgeous music to listen to thought-provoking podcast and make a sandwich to. <laughs> so kudos to whoever made that song. Well done. Yeah, we, yeah, we actually outsourced that. That's one of the things we, we got somebody to do. Nice. Um, Sometimes you get what you pay for, you know? Yeah, yeah. no, they did a really good job. Um, I was wondering when did wormhole become a playable thing on the screen and, and what would you say is, is your two sentence pitch for it? Um, it, I mean, in that capstone project, we started pretty early with like a block that jumped around mm. the character. Uh, so, I mean, g- generally the game was pretty much playable at that point because it doesn't get much more complex from there other than like, you know, the level design and the, ending and stuff like that um but yeah i would say it's a precision platformer mm. would be like the two cent like the oh two i would say pitch. it's a precision platformer too i agree <laughs> yeah the two sentence pitch uh is maybe like um a jumping uh jumping till uh, you you know you you know you you fall and and picking yourself back up mm. um mastering until you know, you, you get the finesse of the game down and get really good at it. You know, um, I don't know, Angela, do you have, another... uh, I don't know. I'd say like, uh, you know, you're jumping and dashing through space and, uh, trying to avoid portals that'll send you back and, you know, remove your hard earned progress. It's probably a, a concise way to put it. 
I guess that leads into my next question, Good. I was wondering when in development did the story come into place? Because there is those, like, couple uh, pixel art screens kind of a la, like, SNES, Game Boy games um, before you actually get into the, the demo I played. Uh, mm-hmm. It seemed to be that there was some, some grander narrative here. Did the narrative come first or was it that block on the screen and the capstone that came first? And, and how did the development of the game's story and aesthetics along with the gameplay go to go simultaneously did you work on one and then the other Mm -hmm. so yeah the 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 gameplay definitely came first Mm -hmm. um i i worked so with the capstone we actually split up into two groups because we were kind of forced to instead of working all together Mm -hmm. um so while one one group was working on a a different project that we actually planned to do maybe in the future Mm -hmm. and me and uh, our artist worked on this game Mm -hmm. um so really, when we were developing the game, we just had the idea of like a speedrunning style game focused on trying to beat the game as quick as possible. Um, and then the story came with the art. Mm. So as he made the character, and because Richest is really good at pixel art, but he kind of just works on whatever he thinks looks cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, so once he made something that he liked, I kind of took it and ran with it, you know, okay. a sci-fi story. So yeah i like that angel i don't know if you had anything to add to there of how oh, the know. development went i mean yeah i think i think ryan summed up pretty well excellent there's a, a lot of little things in the in the demo i liked I, I liked how as the tutorial faded in as you progressed uh i nailed the like transition to where it says like dot 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 to reach new areas as that faded in like i got that on my first jump mm-hmm. and i was like oh that was kind of cool like <laughs> it's a little it's a little de- and i always love those little details in games so i'm wondering if there's any other little details in wormhole you're especially proud of i guess angelo you go first um okay i guess it's like a slight spoiler because it's supposed to be like you know a secret you find okay. but um i don't know if you got to the part um in the map where it's like uh, i don't know how to describe it but basically there's like a jump and if you miss it you have to jump like up to another ledge but a lot of the time, like newer players, they might use too much force and they'll slide and they'll find like um like an illusory wall that'll like fade Ooh. out and they'll find like a collectible and it kind of like shows them like there's like a little bit of a grander narrative and like they can find these collectibles scattered across the map. And so you decided so that on that cool. that hiding spot because you were noticing players sliding into that spot. Yeah, a, a little bit of that and a little bit of just like um, you know, it's just like a very good spot to put a a collectible because like. You know, yeah, like you said, like anyone can like easily slide into there. Nice, I like that. Uh, yeah. How about you, Ryan? Um, I mean, to add on to that, we have other secrets that kind of work with the gameplay. So mm-hmm. places that you might want to jump, there'll be things there. Um, we 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 added this. Uh, we wanted to have a, like a really uh, focus, big focus on environmental storytelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have a lot of portals that actually send you forwards instead of backwards and we do this like through objects in the background that go in through one side and if you continue jumping forward you see the other side of it um that's tough that's tough to visualize like you're literally going into the foreground and background right mm -hmm. Mm. no just it's just in the background just these objects in the background Mm -hmm. uh so it's like uh there's a, a, a rock in one side and as you move throughout the map as you jump you know left to right uh you see the other side of the rock uh so if you 
get sent backwards, you now know, oh, I saw that rock. Maybe if I jump into here, it will send me over there. So we, I thought that was pretty fun. And I think we did a lot of cool, uh, we used a lot of fun objects to show that throughout mm -hmm. the game. So like, it's really there. satisfying to see yeah. like people play the game and like realize the gimmick behind like the portal set send you forward. Cause at first some people think it's like, you know, like a glitch or a bug, but then like 10 minutes in, they realize like, you know, how it correlates and they're like, oh wait, that's really cool. Nice. So, I love that. Yeah. The aha moment, as they say. Exactly. Yeah. What what was some of the inspiration for the game's gameplay? Can I can I say personally, I I felt a little mirrors edgy. I don't know if that was intentional, but it, it felt a no, little like but like I could I could see that a lot. Yeah, I don't have yeah, a lot. Of, I'll let you uh, mention it. I don't have a lot of two yeah. D. <laughs> I guess two D platforming in the modern sense, but most of the platforming I've mm -hmm. done is three D. So I don't know. I felt mirrors edgy, but it's if that wasn't an inspiration, that's what it it, it felt like to me. I'm wondering what inspired you originally yeah so originally it was actually games like uh like jump king pogo stuck getting over it like those challenges. oh you're going super online like yeah <laughs> nice. the indie or, i guess they're not really indie anymore <laughs> kind of they're well known but the the challenging games where you're just trying to master a, a very simple mechanic mm -hmm. but i definitely see the mirror's edge thing it definitely feels like keeping momentum because it's a very momentum based game yes yeah you you hit a ledge so. like sonic and, and and everything's comes to a standstill which <laughs> is, is, is a thing i don't especially enjoy in a game but as the success of sonic demonstrates there's a lot of sickos out there who do um, <laughs> <laughs> what's one thing uh both of you know now that you wish you knew at the start of wormholes development oh definitely uh to put more Maybe not necessarily effort, but more time and like focus into um, marketing. Because I mm. feel like we started our marketing kind of, um, we started really late in development. Like we only really got our Steam page up about a month before the game came out and, you know, started posting some things on Twitter. Mm. So yeah, definitely get that Steam page up ASAP and post, try to build post like, a bigger social media yeah. following. Yeah. That is something I've noticed a lot and heard actually uh, from a lot of developers have asked this question too is like, oh, I wish I was just you know, posting about this game, like every other day, little clips, like progress, like, cause that's often how games like find publishers in some cases mm -hmm. It's it's really, uh, uh, it adds so much to your day. Cause you have to do that and clip it and post it, but it can, like, it's like almost a gamble, you know, that investment could, could pay off like a jackpot. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how about you, Ryan? Um, I would say definitely from the, the management perspective, to like maybe talk individually with people before we start going into a project and figuring out, you know, what style works best for people and and uh, trying to develop an actual usable schedule. Because I, I know we tried in the beginning to just be a little more free flowing and, you know, whatever works best for anybody. But having a solid schedule and, and sprints and, and set things, I think, helped a lot during the end of the project. A, yeah. lot, a lot of producers listening are nodding quite vigorously. Yeah. <laughs> there, are pent, sure. there are pent fingers and, and vigorous nods. Uh, <laughs> sounds like you, you learned a lot about what goes into producing a game and, and managing people's time. Yeah, yeah. And definitely near the end, I, I got a lot of good feedback. And and the things that works best are were the, were the sprints that we, we mm -hmm. had where we had a, a goal to, to work towards and 
and managing around that i think from the beginning would help us a lot so yeah i'm excited for the next game for sure <laughs> also leads quite well into my, my other question uh so what what would be next for soul studio sounds like you guys have learned a lot from this game's development i've heard other ideas mentioned uh what is next um so i i guess i'll, I'll just say g generally the two ideas that we have so far or maybe just maybe just the one i don't know what do you think angelo <laughs> i mean we can mention both but i think one's a lot more likely to, to yeah next yeah go, so... go likely last okay go likely last okay so oh. i'll start i'll start with the one that unfortunately was kind of already made which was yeah uh our, our game called hoarding hero which we still plan to to make mm. uh but it's i don't know if you've seen the game uh backpack hero i have not recently uh but it's an inventory management style game and that's kind of like a game that we really wanted to make and a game that uh actually angelo and lucas in that yeah, capstone project capstone. yeah so it's a it's a inventory management style roguelike that we wanted to uh, kind of uh, develop and uh, so like the whole thing you're doing is just like Resident Evil inventory style uh, gameplay while your character like auto battles. So the combat is still up in the air, but we ha we were thinking mm -hmm. about more of like a, a clicking or maybe uh, Angelo had an idea with them. Um, moving your inventory around in a certain way to attack uh but yeah it's an, it's more like a diablo style inventory where mm. you can move your stuff around and uh this is actually a lot of the way that backpack hero works unfortunately where the depending on what's next to your items you get certain buffs so if you have a, a ring a fire next to a sword maybe it does fire damage now you know so on and so on i like it yeah um I yeah. don't know if Angela, if you want to go into the other game too. Um, yeah, I just want to add like um, with the hoarding hero backpack hero situation, it's it is kind of like a big like what if because you know you know maybe we did hoarding hero first and that could have blown up, but um, there I think there's still room to develop hoarding hero and have it still stand on its own compared to backpack hero and bring something unique to the table. And so all but, three um, of these ideas, wormhole, uh, and the two you're mentioning now, were from the capstone. Um, Hoarding Hero and Wormhole were, gotcha. and then this new one we came up with recently. Yeah. All right, hit me. So, so the more likely one is um, like a Norse mythology inspired uh, roguelite, similar to like Hades, but hopefully add some unique gameplay twists onto that. Okay. Yeah. So like top down isometric, fast paced combat. Um, Do, did you want to explain like the 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 story? Yeah. Um, so basically, we're leaning heavily into like. Uh, Norse myths. So I don't know if you're familiar with any Norse mythology, but just um, the new God of War. Okay. <laughs> so I don't think Ratatoskers in the new God of War, no. but basically he's like he's I like a squirrel messenger. Anyway. I, that's sick. Okay. Yeah. So he runs up and down the world tree, delivering like messages between um, the giant serpent. I think it's uh, um, Nidhog. Is that the Nidhog, serpent under yeah. the world tree? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so between wait. him and like. Nidhog, like the worm game, the worm sword. Yeah, fighting? same name. Wait, so is it called Nidhog because the, the tree serpent and the Nidhog that eats you at the end of a match of Nidhog is the same thing? Oh, I it might yeah, be. That I would make sense. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right. Anyway, I just had to figure that out. Continue. <laughs> um, but yeah, so delivery. he runs up and down the tree, delivering messages between Nidhog and this like giant like eagle thing at the top, mm -hmm. and um. 
we thought that would make for a really cool concept for um, a roguelite. And so as you're climbing up the tree, you're going through like the different, um, you know, like the nine realms. So you're going through like, um, you know, like Midgard and like uh, Asgard and stuff like that. So you have like a package to deliver to the Top Gun. Pretty much. We're okay. we're still experimenting with story as to like, you know, why you're fighting certain characters, but that's the general premise. So now this sounds much, much more ambitious than the pixel art side scrolling game, Word Wormhole. Uh is yeah. is the what what is would you say the scope of this game compared to Wormhole? Like I, I don't I don't know if you have a, a plan or like length of development mapped out yet, but what are we thinking here? Um it's definitely a lot bigger. Uh, it sounds like <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I mean, it depends exactly how how we want to uh, produce it mm. because we're, we talked a lot about um, and we see a lot of different games doing early access stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so one conversation we had recently was about kind of working towards that early access release. Mm -hmm. So it might help us with that scope that you're talking about where we could have a finished game without all the things that we want to add out and then kind of update it uh, towards what we want to finish the game with and maybe starting the game with, you know, only three realms and going to the nine that we want in the end mm -hmm. uh, can help us yeah. with that. But yeah, definitely at least probably one to two years on this style of game for sure. Wow. Cause it took us about a year for this game. And, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, Maybe I mean, with to... the new management style. Yeah, yeah you've learned a lot. Bit. You've learned a lot. So, yeah. But with Wormhole, say... we were definitely inefficient. Mm. But it, it is way bigger in scope. So I could see it taking up to two years easily. Yeah. I, I, I would hope that in a year or so, we could have the game kind of, you know, finished in that. In like an early access date. In a, yeah, early access type of thing that I was talking about. And then mm -hmm. the two-year mark would maybe be when the game would be done. But if maybe even shorter, if we, you know, have some sort of uh we funding that we Help. can pay for yeah <laughs> yeah yeah i love the ambition I, I really do um i guess yeah. last question to close out is there anything else you want our listeners to know about soul studios wormhole or game development or anything you can go ahead first ryan if you have anything um oh, I, I would like people to at least check out our game you know i think it would be free demo i love games fun. with demos yeah, we, we have a demo where you actually keep your progress, which is which I I found really cool. What? It was a little, I didn't even know that. Mm -hmm. I, I played yeah, the demo, feature. so I have, to, I have so, to. Okay, I have to keep going. So if you if you if you play the demo and you like the game and you buy the game, you actually continue where you left off in the demo, which mm -hmm. is a fun little thing we we added. Uh, but yeah, we I just want people to at least check out the demo. I think it's a fun game, and uh, I want people to try it out and. If, especially if you like precision platformers or if you've ever played Jump King or, or any of those type of games and you want to, like, get better at them, I think it'd be fun to check out this style of game, too. So, yeah. Excellent. And do you, Angelo, anything else? Um, Not really. Just that game development is really hard, but it's also <laughs> super rewarding. So Games are hard, as a wise man once <laughs> said. <laughs> All right, that is it for this interview, special edition of the KingGameDevs.com podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, Ryan and Angela, where can people find you on the internet? If you want them to. Increasingly, maybe you don't, but I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, let me just make sure my Twitter handle is correct. I don't want to give the wrong one. Uh, you can follow me at, at agratchy07. 
A-G-R-A-C-I-07. Excellent. And you, Ryan? Uh, just follow our, our, our Soul Studios account, at Soul Studios Dev. Wow, Twitter. look at the team player Ryan plugging <laughs> the studio <laughs> Twitter the selfish Angelo does the well, personal plug. <laughs> I will say that on our, on our main Twitter, it has my Twitter there too, so oh, if you want to follow me... Uh, you can check it out there too. But. At Soul Studios, links in the show notes. We're at Canada Game Devs. I'm in that handle too. It's convenient. I agree. Um, thank you so much, gentlemen, for taking the time to chat with us. Good luck. Yeah, thanks again yeah, for having thank us. Thank you. Our pleasure. And uh, yeah, don't be strangers. <laughs>